Hello and welcome to another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. My name is Gavin Fleury and I am here today with Peggy Doty, who's an environmental and energy stewardship educator with the Extension. Hey Gavin. How are you doing today, Peggy? It is spring and the weather's beautiful for one more day. I'm excited. <laughs> it is gorgeous out there. It is. So uh, we have a few questions here for you if you uh, are ready to get started. Sure. So it is April. So could we be seeing wildlife babies soon? Oh, yes. The babies are already started. Sometimes, you know, they're out of sight, out of mind. But as early as uh, November of the year before, for example, great horned owls start courting. And they court until um, they, they make a nest and they court all the way through into about February when they up in northern Illinois, they go completely silent because they're on eggs. So they have they're sitting on eggs in the coldest part of winter. And now those owlets are getting ready to branch. It's a fancy word for fledging for a large bird. And they, they're flapping their wings. I actually have a nest about a block from my house I keep an eye on. They're just humongous fluff balls. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're throwing their wings around like penguins. And then they do jump out onto branches. And eventually, sometimes they end up on the ground. They're fine because they use their beak and feet to climb back up the tree. And that's how they develop those neck muscles. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about those. And it's Mar. It's it's April now. And March is when the coyote pups are born. So people should be hearing some conversation between mom and dad and possibly an older sister that they've kept from years before is the babysitter because everybody feeds baby coyotes. So the coyotes at this point are probably starting to eat meat. Um, so we're way into the eggs for the amphibians. The frogs and salamanders are in our ponds. We are, and this warm weather is going to just make it easier for them, you know, right now to succeed, even if it gets colder. So yeah, we're well into baby season. Wow. So, so much happening right now. That is, that is <laughs> I great. Know. Um, so are wildlife of the same species born at the same time in Illinois? Probably not because Illinois is such a long state north to south. My friends in the southern part of Illinois that are on my team and people I work with with extension, they've had this warm weather for some time. And a lot of times, you know, and the sun angle, it's just a little bit little bit higher for them sooner not you know not a ton but a lot of animals are going to take those advantages of daylight hours and or temperatures and start their reproduction uh, process so it's possible that the owlets for example the great horned owlets are already branching and hopping around on the ground and may you know get a little further along possibly than ours um, fawns may drop sooner in southern illinois than northern illinois so it's not like a date you can't pick it exactly mm -hmm. um, because we're just too big of a state. Right. Yeah, uh, completely understand that. Uh, what are the first considerations a person should have when they find that what seems to be a wild baby animal in need? So first and foremost, I, I actually run in a partnership um, with my local forest reserve, a nature center, basically the natural resource education center. So this is when I start getting tons of phone calls. I do not rehabilitate animals, but I try to give advice. And my first and foremost is your personal safety. If you're going to jump out of a car and help an animal, you have to remember you're on a road. Right. We don't necessarily want you touching things and getting hurt. But the number one is your personal safety. And remember that a immature owl, or an immature uh, red tailed hawk, they have a toolkit. 
to protect themselves. And they're going to use it because they have no idea when you open your mouth and you say, I'm going to help you. For all they know you, that you're saying, I'm going to eat you. So we have to remember our personal safety first, um, above and beyond, you know, the the care of these animals. Now, if it's in really bad situation, it's I've, I once had a hawk sitting on the center of the highway. I pulled over, cars are going by, I waited till it was safe for me. And I kind of scared it a little bit to get him to hop he wasn't fully flighted yet but i helped him go out of the road by just kind of scaring him and coaxing him at least got him that far then i waited to go back to my car made sure it was safe and called the local rehabilitations for wildlife um but it's really number one you have to watch out for yourself because we get excited and we open a car and there's a truck coming you know so we we need to be very careful yeah, that's absolutely, that's wonderful advice there. Uh, what is one of the most common wild species people are concerned about each spring? Oh, the number one, for me anyway, are bunnies, baby bunnies. I found these baby bunnies, and they already have them in their hand. They've already taken them out of the nest. It's bunny season, and in my world of natural resources, rats are very low on food chain, so they're highly reproductive. They have rapid growth, rapid dispersal, and rabbits, you know, they breed often. And that's because they supply the base of the food chain along with, say, um, a morning dove, you know, lots of times. They may mm -hmm. nest five times. So right now the baby bunnies, and they're cute, and they're furry, and our hearts are aching, right? But the mom isn't going to hang out with that nest. If you wonder if the mom hasn't come and taken care of them, just put like a sprinkle of um, flour in a circle around there so you could see if it gets disrupted, like somebody's walked across it. Or you could put like real light string or little sticks in like a shape you'll remember, like a uh, tic-tac-toe. And if it gets disrupted, she's been there. The rabbits are what we call crepuscular. They're active at dawn and dusk, and they're going to nurse those those rabbit babies at dawn and dusk, you know, twilighty, so it's hard to see them. So we don't have to save everything. And if you find baby bunnies and their eyes are open, they can fit in the palm of your hand, but if their eyes are open, they're on their own. They will still nurse if they get the opportunity, but they can fully care for themselves. They are a tiny, I know, but if their eyes are open, you know, just keep your pets away from them. What are other animals often rescued when they didn't need to be? Uh, the other one is probably baby birds, because just like I said with the owlets, they aren't when the baby birds come out of the nest, they they are not able to fly. That's normal. It's not their best time of year. It's not their safest time, but they're, they have to build those muscles. They can't sit in a nest and build flight muscles. No matter how much they flap around, they have to get out and hop around, fly tiny distances and build that up. So if, if you find a baby bird on the ground and it's barely feathered, it needs rescued. It should not be out of the nest if it's barely feathered and kind of yokey looking. Um, granted, if it's injured, that's a whole nother story. If it looks like it's healthy but needs some help, you you know, put it in something a little bit warm. Don't feed or water it and find your local rehabilitator. I'll give you those um, the list for that at the end. Um, but if it's um, feathered, put it, you know, keep an eye on it. Make sure nothing can bother it. Watch for the mom and dad because basically people unknowingly kidnap a lot of wildlife every spring thinking mm -hmm. 
I mean, thinking they're doing a good thing. And right now, with everything we've been through this last year, our hearts are aching to help. They're aching to care for things. And it's going to be a big year for people to say, I could do this. I could take care of this thing when maybe it doesn't need it. And and the baby birds, if you can safely, again, your safety is important, get it back up in a nest. People, you know, we've been told our whole life that don't touch birds because it'll smell like humans and the parents will abandon it and it'll die, right? Turns right. out. Most birds don't have a developed olfactory lobe. Your olfactory lobe is what allows you to smell. They can't smell people. Uh, vultures have one. They have a developed olfactory lobe. Songbirds don't. The minute you put that nest back in, even if you have to tie it with yarn, they're going to feed those babies because they want their babies to survive. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, are there any larger animals people worry about when they find them? Yeah, white-tailed deer are mine, um, geese, um, but the white-tailed deer are huge because, once again, the female, the doe, does not hang out with that baby. A fawn is born without developed uh, scent glands for like three weeks. That's almost a month where nothing can smell them as long as the mom's not standing there with them. So if you stumble upon a fawn, leave it alone. Get away from it. Don't keep checking it. The mom's not that far, but she's out of sight. She's going to come and nurse that baby when it's time. And then she'll nudge it and make it go away from her. So there's no scent trail to wherever it lays down. If for some reason there's a fawn in harm's way, I don't know what that would be. And, or you, or somebody else disturbs it. You need to get it back on the ground near where it was and hold it down i know it sounds crazy but people want to touch them anyway but if you tap them between their shoulder blades once or twice that's what the mom's with her chin which is like stay here you know go and stay and then she leaves and it'll like fumble to the ground it may get up and down a little bit but don't let it see where you're going because immediately fawns will attach to whatever they think is going to feed them um, if it's if there's a, a dead adult and there's fawns in the way, call call for a rehabilitator, get some help because clearly they're not going to um, and they could cause another accident. So we have plenty of deer, so that's you know hard for us to understand and hard for our hearts. But do not you know we don't want fawns wandering around on a on a highway causing more you know an accident either. So it's important to get those guys a place to a place for some care. Peggy, thank you so much. That was all great advice. Uh, and you said you had a couple of uh, resources yeah. to share? So uh, two resources. One, one that um, Extension partners with is just simply wildlifeillinois.org. You can find out tons of information about wildlife, babies, who to call for help. Um, so just wildlifeillinois.org. And the other one, if you go to type out Illinois Department of Natural Resources and in the search bar type in rehabilitator list. You will get all the wildlife rehabilitators in the state and you can find them closest to you. And if you are a person who hikes a lot and sees lots of things, it might be nice to have those phone numbers handy. All right, Peggy, thank you very much. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. And that's uh, it for us today for another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. Thanks, have Gavin. Thank you, Peggy. <laughs>